0: You are listening to A Scary State, and this week we're talking about Connecticut. So, Lauren? Yes, Kenzie? Let's get scary. Back to our normal states. The last one. Yeah, the last one. We've gone through them completely twice now. And then we're going to start over. I know. I was thinking about it. I was like, would this be considered our season three? Or our season Well, this one would be like our season two finale, and then... Oh, I like it. Season three.
1: I mean, we are drinking wine, so it is fitting.
0: Yeah. I found this really yummy wine that has a criminal on it. And I figured it was fitting. For, Very fitting. We're technically still recording this in October. So it's technically still spooky. Season. It
1: is still spooky season. So. So how was your wedding?
0: The wedding. Not was, your
1: wedding. Not but my <laughs> wedding.
0: The wedding was lovely. It was beautiful. Freezing.
1: Oh, yeah. You're up in New York.
0: Well, apparently it's supposed to be warm because I said whose bright idea was it to have a wedding in the end of October in upstate New York? And her now husband said something about an El Nino, and so apparently oh. it's supposed to be warm. Lies. Because it <laughs> rained that weekend, but then the rain was moving out, so there was a cold front blowing through. Uh, so it was very windy. Uh, it was very chilly. <laughs> and my dress didn't come out quite as I would have liked it to. Oh, it was so cute. Oh, well, thank you. I picked the pictures that I didn't look like a <laughs> medieval wench. <laughs> My boobs were not, like, there was one picture where, like, the photographer, they had my friend and her husband go around to every table. Oh, I like that. But I'm sitting, and I'm like, all you're going to see, you're not even going to know what else is in the picture, you're just going to see boob.
1: (laughs) And I told her about
0: the time that I had gone to King's Dominion. Yep. And (laughs) I went on that roller coaster, and they took a picture, and... Fun fact, when you go down, <laughs> gravity works, other things go up. Gravity works in reverse. <laughs> Some things that normally hang low go up. <laughs> I was still new to my boobs at that point.
1: <laughs> yes, you came into your boobs very rapidly. I do.
0: I know. Trust me, I got the stretch marks to prove it. It was <laughs> like, "Whoa." Weird. So the wedding. <laughs> so the wedding. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, It was a lot of fun. It was beautiful. Like, even though it was cold, upstate New York, New England in the fall is... Beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Apparently, the place we were at is like one of the oldest barns in the state or something. Oh, wow. Definitely seem haunted. As we're going through the different rehearsal parts and the different aspects of what we're going to need to do, what's coming up, I keep having to ask her things. The bride. Yeah. And she's very, like go with the flow. Yeah, she is. Very simplistic. It's great but also for me. And so like we're rehearsing it like at one point I was like, so should we like what are we going to do going back? Like we've done going down a couple times. Like what do we do?
1: <laughs> he literally waited until oh, we recorded. Sure. Reached into his toy bin, pulled out the one toy that is loud that I before the episode I was like I need to take it away and I was like but he hasn't played with it all week.
0: She'll listen to your gut. So she was like, Oh, yeah, we have to do that. I was like, Yeah, that'd be good. The morning of, as I'm about to do my hair, I go, Any specific style? Oh my God. Or should, I just, should whatever, I just wing it? Whatever I wanted. Whatever you want. Cool. <laughs> okay. And then as we're getting ready, I'm like, Does your dress bustle? Do you need someone to do that? Oh, yeah. She did it for me, so I know it's somewhere on there. It sounds like this is like her first wedding or something. No, mm-hmm. I'm kidding. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. But like the whole time, as we're just doing different things throughout the rehearsals, the weddings, whatever, I kept talking about your wedding. Aww. And I was like, well, my friend Lauren, well, my friend Lauren, I was like, I'm like that obnoxious person that just got married and is continuing to talk (laughs) about their wedding. And it's not even my fucking wedding. (laughs) It's somebody else's. But like, that was the only thing I had reference to in terms of like from the bridesmaid perspective. Right, exactly. And so I was like, well, these are all the things that like Lauren did. And we couldn't find the bustle at first. And so every time she walked around, I was like, Allison, pick up the dress. She's like, what? And so I would just walk behind her and hold it. And then at one point, like, she's off with, like, the photographer taking gorgeous photos with, like, the bright red leaves and just absolutely stunning. And I was like, she's not picking up the dress! (laughs) And we tried to figure out how to bustle it before we, like, walked in, like, did, like, the entrance or whatever, but we didn't have enough time. Right. And so one of the other bridesmaids got a really great picture of, like, you just see Allie, and then her dress is being held up, and you kind of see that there's someone underneath it, and that's me trying to find the <laughs> little freaking... Yup. It was quite a time. Quite a time. But it was it was very lovely. all oh, good. Um, yeah, I enjoyed myself. Good. Long-ass drive.
1: Yes. Upstate good. New York is a long drive.
0: Yeah. But that's okay. I got to see New York City, which was fun. Oh, fun. And on the way up, I took kind of the scenic route, and I got to see pretty mountains and trees. Oh, and I took a bunch of pictures. Nice. Yeah. So it's lovely.
1: So I forgot to tell you my experience. Joe and I, uh, the other day, we wanted to go to trivia. Mm. Trivia wasn't happening that day. Right. We we're very sad. So we went to a bar instead. Mm. The bar right down the street from me. Um, It's not your typical, like, let's get dressed up and go to a bar. It's just kind of like your casual, like. Hole in the wall. Yes. So we get there. We go in. Everything's fine. There's this weird guy there. I don't know how I didn't tell you this. There's this weird guy there. And he's like the creepy old guy, but he wasn't old. I would say like maybe 50s, 60s-ish. And he's like the kind who's like fist bumping the band and like all this stuff. So at one point, Joe and I had gone to the bathroom. I came back and he like put his his hand on my back and like rubbed my back. And I said, ew. And so we like kind of walked away. And he would keep like being near our group. And I would like do a spin move to like dance me and Joe across the bar (laughs) like so he wouldn't be there. And so this was just the weirdest night. So first off, the lead singer of the band – is obsessed with Joe, keeps looking at Joe, keeps smiling at Joe, keeps doing all this stuff to Joe, and I'm like, mm. And then the, like, male lead singer winked at me once and, like, looked at me once. Maybe they have, like, a little. Well, not them. Oh. So, oh. this lady comes up to Joe at one point and, like, puts her hands on his shoulders and moves them down his chest, like, from behind him. And I'm like, shimmy over to him. And the lady's, like, puts her arm around me at this point, and then Joe and I dance away. So I see this lady talking to some other guy. Well, just... Mm. Yeah. So I see this lady, arms around some tall guy. And then now she's dancing with Creepy Man. And I'm like, does she know he's super creepy? Like, this is kind of weird. Like, she's really getting into dancing with Creepy Man. So then Creepy Man walks up to Joe mm-hmm. and goes, <laughs> My wife wants to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and then just kind of looks at Joe expectantly. And he goes... I'm happily married. (laughs) He like runs over to me and we like walk away. So I'm like, okay, creepy man was touching my back. Creepy woman was all over you. That's what we think. They're swingers. And we're like, (laughs) 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 oh. So the whole time on the dance floor, it's not super packed either. So the whole time we're like watching the band and we would be like at one spot and we would see creepy man coming and we'd like, do like these dances to get ourselves to the other side and then dances to get ourselves back. Like it was too much. And at one point we were with Chris and his friend and creepy lady had her arm around Chris's friend. And I looked at Chris. I said, help her. And he's like, what? I said, grab her, grab your girlfriend and take her away from her. And Chris is just looking at me. I said, Chris, freaking do something. And so he like grabs her, like (laughs) walks away. And I was like, oh my God. Men don't understand the art of subtlety. No. I was like, she's clearly waiting for you to come save her. Grab her. For sure. (laughs) Oh, So I looked at, because at one point, Joe was like, I don't ever want you coming to this bar, like, without me. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then we go. And I was like, I'm never coming here without you. (laughs) That's fair. Because at first I thought it was like the, like, don't come without me. And I'm like, he's not like that. And I was like, I'll do what I want. And then I went, I said, I'm not coming without you. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. Oof. 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 Yeah, I can still picture his face.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you had a good wedding. Yeah. It was like it was lovely.
1: Oh well, good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. All right. So would you like to hear about Connecticut?
0: I would love to. All
1: right. So according to the law, in order to be considered a pickle, it has to bounce. Mom sent me this TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but she sent it in a text message. Yeah,
0: it's really fucking annoying. I figure if I blow up your phone with enough text messages of TikTok, she'll <gasps> finally just fucking done. get one.
1: Mm, we'll see. But so she sent me one about this guy. He went on a date with a girl. He met her on like online. They met, you know, and he's like, well, she was a little bit older than I pictured she was going to be, but that was fine. We'd already talked. I was going to get to know her. And they get to the restaurant. It's just like your typical American bar. And he's like, oh, get whatever you want. Like, these are great prices. Get whatever you want. She wants 53 fried pickles. One order is six fried pickles. And he goes, 53 isn't even divisible by six. And and so (laughs) she tells the waitress, she's like, I want 53 fried pickles. And the waitress goes, "I okay. And she goes, and I want it on one plate. And she goes, I'll see what we can do. So eventually she comes out with four plates of fried pickles. Girl eats a lot of the plates, like a lot of the pickles. Guy goes to the bathroom, comes back, girl, pickles gone. And he goes up to the waitress and he goes, She's gone, isn't she? And the way she goes, yeah. And he goes, she took the pickles, didn't she? And she goes, yeah. And so we had to pay like a hundred and sixty dollars worth of fried pickles. My <laughs> mom was telling me about it. She was like, I was dying.
0: This is why online dating sucks. Yeah, for dating in general, really.
1: I hear horror stories from my coworkers, and I just feel so bad.
0: It's it's. I'm starting to wonder if, like, we have this all wrong and really there's only a small percentage of, like, actually sane and normal people. Yeah. Because I'm like, it seems like there's so many that go wrong more often than so many that go wrong. Right. I haven't heard many like, oh, I
1: had a great date last night. More of them are, oh, it was a great date and then.
0: Yeah. Which make for great stories, but can be very discouraging.
1: <laughs> exactly. <So>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you wouldn't like Connecticut because it only averages about 100 sunny days a year. I know. (laughs) Your face. Uh, Mary Kias was the first woman to earn a U.S. patent. The world's first nuclear submarine was built in Connecticut. The first phone book was published in Connecticut in 1878. It contained only 50 people and businesses but didn't list a single phone number. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Kind of takes away the title of a phone book. It's just a
0: book with people's names. Yep,
1: pretty much. (laughs) The Polaroid camera was invented by Edward Land in Connecticut. I mm. assume. <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut was one of only two states, along with Rhode Island, that did not ratify the 18th Amendment. This one prohibited the sale and manufacturing of alcohol.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. Lollipops and hamburgers were invented in Connecticut. Interesting. And Samuel Colt invented the revolver. He has talked about a lot on Supernatural, which you know, I love the show Supernatural. That's like,
0: I feel like I've heard
1: Samuel Colt. Mm hmm. Probably. I mean, he invented a revolver. He's mm-hmm. in Supernatural.
0: Well, not the second. Part of it. <laughs> Yeah, I tried to sit down and watch it with you guys, but you picked a wrong episode. Oh,
1: I know. Mackenzie came over after we recorded. Joe and I were in, like, the middle of watching it, and so we're like, oh, you just want to watch this episode with us? And she's like, yeah, it turned out to be a bug episode. Oh,
0: my God. I was like, I'm going to go.
1: <laughs> I was like, this is the worst one for her to be watching. <laughs> I left.
0: I didn't say. I went home. I see you fun. I'm going to go. Bye. I think that was also when my food got messed up, so I didn't have any food anyway. It, it was or a night. something like I had decided not to get anything. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, I don't have any dinner anyway. I'll just go. <laughs> like, Bye. <laughs> I'll just see my way out. It was like, I think that's kind of like what happened with American Horror Story. Like I just happened to see that one and like the it's ankles just like I'm and done. feet were getting switched around.
1: I remember what season that was after when I was listening back to that episode. It's um Coven. Okay, which happened in New Orleans. Ah. And other than that, I think you would like that series, like that season, because it's New Orleans, it's witches.
0: Yes, but again, wrong, right, thing, wrong though. thing to see. Yes. So now it's going to be really, really hard to convince me the other way. But now, though, you already know
1: one of the worst scenes.
0: Yeah, mm. but it's more so because my mind is like, oh, there's one. There's probably more.
1: Not like that in that episode or in that season. I will say.
0: I hear you, but I don't believe you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> our 19 years of friendship meant nothing.
0: No, I have anxiety. It doesn't mean jack shit. <laughs> that's what the anxiety does. Yep.
1: Uh, Connecticut also had the first automobile speed limit. Oh. What do you think it was?
0: Hmm. I'm going to say like 35.
1: 12. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I figured it would be slow. I didn't think it'd
1: be that slow. Yeah, they probably had like, I don't know. I don't know if it was horse-drawn carriages when it was made. I don't have a date. but For automobile? That's... Just kidding. It does say automobile. Okay. But so they went slow. Mm -hmm. Shut up. (laughs) The first execution for witchcraft took place in Hartford, not Massachusetts like many think. Her name was Elise Young and she was from Windsor. Her daughter would actually go on to be accused in Salem 30 years later.
0: Wow. Yeah. Didn't you talk about her when you talked about witches? I think so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like at least mentioned her or something. Last
0: year spooky special. Go check out our witches.
1: I still have all of those little witch headbands at my in my drawer at work.
0: <laughs> I have a couple somewhere in my house.
1: And I have some hidden somewhere else here too.
0: It is believed
1: that the hiding place of Satan was the Hopyard State Park, and that if you wander too far into the woods, Satan would come and take
0: your soul. So it's not a gate though. No, no, just a hiding place. Or a stairway. This time.
1: Mm-mm. just a yard in a state park hop just yard state a park place
0: that he hides and then he'll take you to one of his most likely around the country probably
1: some visitors have reported hearing disembodied and demonic voices of course it's, yeah because why
0: not especially demonic voices hello satan <laughs> satan hangs out there <laughs>
1: <laughs> an abandoned house sits at the bottom of gardner lake
0: wait i thought i'm going first
1: we're not done with the facts.
0: Oh, okay. See, when I thought you said one more, I thought you meant you just had one more left. No, no, no. There was oh, one more oh, sentence. Oh oh, 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 I thought it was kind of short. We oh, have to take
1: okay. a slight break. Sorry. Coming back to it. All right. So, so yeah. this abandoned lake, that's a, no, abandoned house. It's, it's at the bottom, the bottom of Gardner lake. lake. It got there after a family unsuccessfully tried to move it across a frozen lake.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I could see how that would be unsuccessful.
1: Yeah, you would think. Mm -hmm. Left inside was a piano, which fishermen sometimes claim to hear playing just below the surface.
0: I mean, yeah, there's probably fishies pooping it. Maybe like little... Playing the piano. Not playing, playing. They say
1: it's like playing. Like it's playing below the surface, not like a note.
0: Have you seen the Little Mermaid? They had a whole freaking orchestra down there. It's the Little Mermaid then. (laughs) Little Mermaid in Gardner Lake.
1: The Little People's Village is located in Middlebury and is believed to be cursed. The story goes that a man started to hear voices that were telling him to build miniature houses. Think, like, dollhouse size houses. Okay. He thought he was going crazy until he found evidence that little demons were living in them. Didn't go into what evidence he found, but he found evidence. When the village was finally completed, the man committed suicide. Hmm. There is also a throne located here, thought to be built for a king of the little people. Legend says that if you sit in it, you will die in seven days. We have a lot of those, like, creepy sitting things, like where if you sit in it, you're going to die.
0: There's like, a lot going on at this, yeah, this little town.
1: <laughs> uh, UConn offers a degree in puppetry, one of the only schools that offers this. They also have a puppetry museum on campus.
0: Like puppets?
1: Yes. Well, like, probably, like, more marin- marionette puppets. Right.
0: I mean, because just immediately I thought puppies, like... like puppies? I... You just went into it and so when i heard yeah. pup i'm like oh my god you can major in puppies <laughs> and then i listened more and i said no that's puppets yep one pup- letter difference two letters difference p u p p e t for puppet p u p p y for puppy Oh. yep mhm the ballard god, did institute you see how smoothly i spelled both of those things and you, yeah you actually did. <laughs> I,
1: I will like, <laughs> usually sometimes i try to just pass what you say but this time we can acknowledge the spelling. <laughs> I was like, "Pam, pam, pam, ham. It's the wine, I'm telling you. Makes
0: me smarter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the Ballard Institute and Museum of Puppetry is home to over 2,500 puppets from all over the world.
0: That sounds creepy.
1: I don't like it. Yeah. It is located just off the Yukon Stores campus in a remote area.
0: That's worse. It is worse.
1: <laughs> a remote area with puppets. Yeah. Yeah, don't like it. Can't do that. George W. Bush was the only president born in Connecticut mark twain that's
0: interesting because you don't associate him with connecticut you associate him with texas Texas.
1: yeah uh mark twain lived in hartford and reading noah webster of the dictionary Ah. (laughs) yeah lived in what is present-day west hartford bt barnum of barnum and bailey lived in bethel and bridgeport i'm actually we believe related to bailey of barnum and bailey
0: the circus people Mm -hmm. nice yeah can do a cartwheel and everything. Right. Explains the craziness.
1: Um, You know. And then John Mayer lived in Fairfield. Nice. And those are
0: your Connecticut facts. Wonderful. So what do you have, Mackenzie? Okay. So as I was looking for things to talk about, I think I found, I don't know if you remember, but when I first did Connecticut, the lady that I did, I thought I was going to do this really cool two-for-one special where I was going to talk about her because she was a serial killer. And then talk about the place that she ended up going to and how it's haunted. Oh. But as I was going, I couldn't find that thing anymore. Okay. And so then when I did find it, I was like, oh, maybe it's not haunted. So I just did the girl instead. Okay. So if you listen to our last Connecticut uh, Avenue episode.
1: (laughs) Connecticut Avenue. Wait, what famous place is there? Pennsylvania Avenue is the White House. Yeah. Oh.
0: Connecticut Avenue is like DuPont Circle. Oh. Yeah. So we're in Dupont Circle. Yeah, right. Um, but I talked about Amy Dugan Archer Gilligan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. So I found the website that said that the place that she went to was haunted. And I was like, ugh, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really considering coming full circle to this topic because I have officially done all of the states at least <gasps> once. <gasps> A handful twice. But all of them at least once. <laughs> but then I found something better. Oh. I found the Booth Memorial Park, which is more than just your typical park dedicated to rich white men. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, the Booth brothers turned the 32 acres they own into a shrine to the unusual. They collected various objects and built strange items on the property that had been in the family for generations. So you really need to tap into your imagination in order to kind of picture what I describe Okay, this eccentric park. All right, we got this. Think of like... Trying to think of one you did that had a lot of rooms, like the Holmes one with like all the, or the hotel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The murder hotel. Yeah. So Booth Memorial Park and Museum sits in Stratford, Connecticut, just off the Merritt Parkway along the House Satanic River. Oh. The park was once a farm that belonged to the Booth family, and that's Booth with an E. Mm. That dates like back
1: John Wilkes Booth. I don't know if he's an E or
0: not. I don't think he has an E. Oh. Yeah. Because I thought the same thing. But, I oh. <laughs> <think about me. laughs> but the family dates back to 1840. And the Booth brothers, Stephen Nicholas Booth, who was born in 1869, and David Beach Booth, who was born in 1867, operated a family business selling farm equipment. They also sold insurance and received large sums from investments they had made in Bridgeport. The Booth Brothers' fascination with local history and genealogy began as early as 1914, with the remodeling of the original family home and the creation of a historical exhibit using a converted hay barn. The entire park consists of 28 structures, including outbuildings, and on the ground range from 1840 to 1861. Jeez. So the earliest buildings are in, like, a Greek revival, which... Was so popular. Picture, like, White House plantation-type houses. Okay. Because it has, like, the big pillars in the front. hmm That's, like, Greek Revival. I looked it up to make sure I could describe it. <laughs> to to give <laughs> Thank picture, you. We appreciate it. People, a picture. The later projects were constructed in various styles, such as Queen Anne, which is, like, I uh, think Sabrina the Teenage Witch in her house. Okay. Very Victorian-looking. Yep.
1: Love Victorian. hmm
0: And then a shingle-style, which is looks similar to, like, modern homes, but still with, like, a farm victorian-esque to it like you'd see like a lot of beach houses that look like it and
1: oh oh i like those yeah
0: so okay. some of it looks modern some of it still kind of looks like a farmhouse mm-hmm. so these are the more like modern styles and okay. then anything else that i describe in here i try to pull up a picture of so i could give you an idea of what Thank it looks you. like yeah Much appreciated. And the brothers even put in their own eclectic style. So I could probably spend an entire episode describing and talking about the numerous structures and buildings in the park. But for today, I will only touch on the ones that make it so unique. And that might not be so spooky. It's not that spooky. (laughs) I know. So, as I mentioned before, the first structure that was worked on was the original homestead of the Booth family farm. The house was in the Greek Revival style, and the brothers installed stained glass windows with the inscription claiming that their house was, quote, the oldest homestead in America. Ooh. According to most sources, this statement was not true. Oh. <laughs> However, there were a couple that claimed that the foundation that their house is on was the once the home no, was... Of a home... Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Was once a home. No, the foundation was... No. It's confusing. But, like, the foundation that the house is on, that dates back to, like, 1663. And because there's been homes built on it that someone has lived in continuously... That's why it's the oldest homestead, but okay. not necessarily their the family yeah, yeah. was okay. in it the whole time. Okay. It's hard to say because not everyone agreed. <laughs> oh, so. Well, how you explained it and what we are hearing, right. it sounds beautiful, Sounds beautiful. Yes, it does. But uh, given their eccentricness, it would not be surprising if they also just, like, put that on there just for shits and giggles. Right. So they had done extensive remodeling on the house in 1914. They added the stained glass windows, but they also added a porch and a one-story L. I don't know what that is. I meant to look it up.
1: A one-story L?
0: Uh-huh. Probably. L L.
1: O. I Oh. I thought like L. Like here's an L shape of a house. What I'm picturing probably isn't right. I'm literally picturing the capital letter E and then two lines for LL.
0: Okay, so not entirely wrong, but I think oh. what it is is it's like th- where you put the porch. So instead of it being all in the front, it makes the house look like an L, I think. Now, how does that work? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> all I'm picturing is a
1: big house here and just a random porch off the side.
0: I'm trying to hear. What does Wikipedia say? An L is a wing of a building perpendicular at a right angle to the length of the main portion. So like I said, it makes an L. Oh, but not the porch, just the porch. Right, but a lot of the ha- pictures that Google comes up with are porches that are to the side. So it makes it look like an the house is an L. Yeah. So like that. You've seen them before. Your house is kind of like that because you have your garage and then oh. you
1: have the porch. Oh. I was picturing a house and then a porch. Like just a porch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that can't be right.
0: <laughs> <No. laughs> no. Yeah, so everything kind of looks like an L, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Like I said, the hay barn was converted to a museum, and they added a clock tower with a five-bell clock with Westminster chimes from some random church in Massachusetts. Okay. Some sources would describe the museum as, like, an Americana museum. Mm-hmm. Other people didn't really say They just said it was a museum. <laughs> Allegedly, the bells chimed at random times of the day, which greatly upset the people in town. Oh, no. And apparently, it also greatly bothered the local hens and roosters. Oh, and so the town told the Booths that they had needed to stop the bell, which then greatly upset the Booths. Of course. And supposedly they took out an ad in the newspaper proclaiming the Booth brothers will no longer give the town of Stratford the time of day. And that is a direct quote.
1: Oh, that's, that's very clever. Yeah. That's very clever. I like that. <gasps> um, is it just clicking now?
0: Oh, my God. That's genius.
1: I thought they were mad because someone just told them to stop. Mackenzie. The person who wrote this is probably like, this is so freaking clever everyone's going to understand. Well,
0: that person's definitely dead because this was like in the early 1900s. When they wrote it in the early (laughs) 1900s. But yeah, isn't it clever? was very clever. Yeah. I like that. I have a little bit more respect for them now. They (laughs) were just being big babies and be like, well, someone told us to stop. No. Yeah, they were very clever. There you go. That makes sense now because something else I read said that they were going to put marble floors in a building but it wasn't going to be like marble floors there's going to be a floor with a bunch of marbles <laughs> so it makes a we lot. like them uh, yeah we like makes them a lot more sense now can we like them as far as i know okay they're weird but, but sometimes you know you
1: tell a story and you're like can we like this person yet yeah or they're we just weird them? they're oh, just okay weird
0: that's all They're just weird eh. weird people
1: company yeah i'm a company you know
0: So, many of the structures were built in 1919 and the early 1920s, including the caretaker's house, which David had used as his own home with his wife, Ruth Norton, whom he married shortly before the conclusion of construction. But the two were not married long. The marriage dissolved only after a few years in 1924. More on that later. Okay. The Booths initiated a building program in 1929, which did coincide with the Great Depression of the early 1930s. So, yes, they are good guys. Okay. Because the program was to help people. Okay. Who lost their job. Okay. So it began with the construction of the Coliseum from 1929 to 1930, and they eventually constructed and opened a kitchen and dining facilities to the public on a low-cost basis. Okay. They converted the sunken garden into an outdoor basilica for non-denominational religious services. Basilica? That. <laughs> I tried to pull up a picture, but it just pulled up, like, really fancy, pretty churches that look kind of like the capitol building okay yeah like yeah yeah i tried to put outside i don't know what's the difference between the outside and inside basilica mm-hmm. right
1: maybe one that's like no walls but a ceiling like you know like oh, kind of like yeah one of those kinds of things yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: the basilica along with the organ house piano not guts <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> We are a spooky show. I felt like it was important The organ house. Disgusting. I know, which is why I just like, <laughs> it's a piano. It's not guts. <laughs> Let me just clarify.
1: Yeah. Um, it's not Jeepers Creepers. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> it's not like a butcher. <laughs> um, <laughs> could you imagine if I was a butcher? That's what I would call my shop.
1: The organ house? Mm-hmm. I'd actually love that. Yeah. I love when people are so like crafty with names and stuff.
0: Oh, I, everything, if I owned a business, everything would be a pun. Online oh, I know. Marketing. What? oh i know even when people got sick of it be like nope we need more
1: that's what we are (laughs) this is our business this is
0: our business so the outdoor crosses and the technocratic cathedral were all conceived as a unit by the brothers so the technocratic cathedral is one of the main architectural structures in the park the building has no nails or screws because the pieces of wood interlock together similar to a log cabin that's cool California redwoods were chosen as the building material because of its durability and to avoid the necessity of painting the building. I like them. They were only able to complete the building to the second floor, and today the building consists of some seashells and geology exhibits and a model of the itself. Okay. <laughs> um, so you can really
1: get the whole angle of it, yeah. like all the all the views.
0: Yeah. The brothers told the local paper that the cathedral was never intended for religious services and that the interior of the building was intended to house exhibits of art and mechanical achievement. Apparently, there was, like, a time where there was, like, technocracy or whatever, and it was this, like, political movement of scientists, essentially, and a bunch of people thinking, like, oh, we can solve all of our political problems and things like that if we just have, like— scientists and whatever like in politics wow why didn't we keep on with that because it was a fad that faded Mm. well
1: it's a fad that should have stuck around that's a fad that really would i rather have a scientist in office
0: or a celebrity yeah Hmm. right you know and they even like were kind of embarrassed that they were like into it and so that's when they made the joke about the marble floor um (laughs) That's actually – I like them. Right. But I was like, no, but wait, that's actually a really good idea. (laughs) No, it's a great idea. I guess they probably didn't see the future of, like, no, people will still have common sense. There are a lot of things that were written back then
1: that our founding fathers thought would still be a thing now. Kind of like the rule where, like, there's no rule that you can run for president if you're in jail. Mm -hmm. Like, you can still run for president while you're in jail, though you, like, if you're a felon, you wouldn't be able to vote for yourself. So, like, that's something that the like founding fathers never thought. Right, because
0: they assumed that we would never, in our right minds, elect a felon. Right.
1: So. They never thought that someone running for president would be in a position to be a felon.
0: Well, you know, we also didn't have any rules for how many terms that they could have. Mm. And people just kind of followed the person behind them and just did no more than two, whether it was just circumstances or whatever, until— FDR and World war-, World war II because we had the depression had all those programs that we now know and love today like social security mm-hmm. security and shit like that which we'll um, never get a benefit from but you no, know <laughs> but that's okay and they because we were in the middle of a war they decided well let's just keep the same president and he oh. happened to die in office and then we decided well let's put a term limit how cool and i'm like well at least it was a good reason yeah It's crazy that now we'd have to put in the rule there, no felons. Right. Felons can't vote. Right. But you can run for president. It's like one of those things, like, you look at it and you're like, so what happened for you to put that sign up? Yes. (laughs) Yes. All the time.
1: I mean, that's why we did the stupid laws for, like, some of the states.
0: Exactly. Because I'm like, is that not a given? Right. Like, you can't tie your
1: giraffe to a fire hydrant.
0: Right. Like, something obviously happened where you're like, I didn't think I had to write this down, but okay i'll be explicit well
1: there was like that mcdonald's lawsuit where the lady burned herself from the hot coffee so now they have to put on the cups caution hot, hot. like uh, duh i mean she did get really bad burns but like at the same time don't put a hot coffee between your legs when you're driving
0: yeah that's not a good idea
1: no like duh
0: yeah yeah but yeah
1: so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little tangent reeling it back in Yeah. <laughs>
0: They also built a 44-sided blacksmith shop, a granite bunker during World War II to hoard gasoline in defiance of rationing laws.
1: Let's go back to the 44-side
0: blacksmith shop.
1: So it had 44, like, walls?
0: Sides. Yeah. I guess. There's a picture of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it doesn't look like something. When you look at it, you wouldn't say, oh, that has 44 sides. But if you count it, like, one, two, so four, zigzags five. in. Oh. So it's like... So, you know, those math problems where it's like figure out the blah, blah, blah. And you have one part, but you don't have all of it. And you have to figure, oh, well, this line goes all the way down here. And so this is this whole thing is 12. But this portion is only giving me six. And I know that it's 12 because. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of what it is, where it's like one here and then one here and then in and then out. Oh, okay. And so it's like, oh, yeah, I guess technically you're right. That has one, two, 44 sides. But it's Uh,
1: okay. I'm like picturing a little house that has like a ton of sides.
0: That would make sense, but right. geom- geometrically. Okay. Geometrically speaking, it has 44 sides. All right. Anyway, so after the deaths of Stephen and David Booth in 1948 and 1949, they supposedly died like three months apart. Oh, apparently. The property was deeded to the town of Stratford, part of the brother's wish- wishes. See, here's why I thought that they were being snooty. Because one of the things I read were like, and ironically, when they died, they gave all their stuff to the town, thinking that like they had this feud with the town. Mm. So that's why I didn't put the time pun together. Right. I because they didn't. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome time pun.
0: Right. And because they were like, surprisingly, the town maintained it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I was like, well, yeah, because they probably thought it was funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're like, oh, ha, ha, that's right. They, they won't give us the time a anymore. Good sense of humor. Yeah. And then after that, it also started to add other buildings that had either been built there or like they were part of Stratford history, Connecticut history. And this is where they were brought to. Okay. So, the official list of structures from the National Register of Historic Places lists 18 structures, but the document was created in 1985. Oh, okay. So, from oldest to newest, you have the Booth Homestead, you have the Putney Chapel, which was actually moved to the site. It was built in 1844, but it wasn't moved until 1968. Oh, wow. Across, Across the frozen lake. <laughs> You had a carriage shed slash barn, you had a, another storage shed, a summer cottage, the museum and clock tower, another garage, the caretaker's house, a workshop, another garage, a trolley shelter, a bunker, a windmill, a cooking pavilion, an observatory, a post building, a greenhouse and a pawning shed, and the Stratford Lighthouse Tower. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Some of the additional structures that have been added to this site, like the old Merritt Parkway toll booth, which was added when the state outlawed toll booths in 1988. which okay. I thought was fucking weird. <laughs> and then I f- remember how small Connecticut is. So I'm like, I guess that's feasible. <laughs> Actually,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very small.
0: And there's also a cemetery for the Booth family, and several of the buildings in the park were officially listed on the National Register of Historic Places on May 1st, 1985. There's an amateur radio hut, a rose garden, and a modern playground that have all been added in the last few decades, and most recently, the park opened a... Railway Society Museum, whose mission is to quote prompt an interest in model trains and railroad history through educational projects, community outreach, and fellowship among members, thus expanding the growth and enjoyment of the hobby appreciation of railroad history. So, there are, of course, those who believe that Booth Park is also haunted, including a few paranormal research groups. Visitors inside the old homestead have had weird feelings and experiences, including hearing unexplained knocking, disembodied voices. Next to the property is the small booth cemetery in which visitors have claimed to see anomalous forms and spirits. Many people have commented on an article from DamnedCT.com about their experiences in the park. Oh, my God. I used DamnedCT.com, too. Did you really? Yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> But I decided to add, like, a little twist to it. And so I took, like, my favorite four stories that I was going to use and I put them into chat GBT. Oh, my God. I know. I've been a little obsessed lately. Yes, you have. It's just, I'm like, it's so great. <laughs> I'm like, write this in a more clever way. <laughs> it does. Huh. But I wanted to see what it would come up with if I put four random stories together. And I was like, come up with a spooky short story. Fun. And so it did. And so I'm going to read it for you. Okay. And that's going to be my like, here are the haunted experience. Here's the creepy part of my story. Okay. <laughs> so all the names that are in this story are the usernames from the website, which ended up just being actual names. Oh, nice. Which, okay. funny enough, the two women in the story, they just put their first name. The two men, they put both. And I, as I was reading back through it, I was like, mm, checks.
1: Yep. Check <laughs> like, out. Okay. For a second, I thought you said the two women, Nimore and Mackenzie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been insane, but no. Okay. I wish I had, like, a flashlight to hold under my face. I know. So, Tom Fontone had always found the Old Booth Park Homestead fascinating. It stood as a picturesque relic of history, a place where he visited many times, even enjoyed plays on its serene grounds and once ran a road race through it. The place, during the day, felt like a serene retreat, a hidden treasure begging to be explored. But when evening descended, especially on those chilly fall nights, an uncanny feeling gripped him. He couldn't quite put his finger on it, but he couldn't deny that it was eerie. Still, he brushed it off as mere imagination. Taylor lived nearby and a family steeped in the mystical. They carried the mantle of their ancestors connected to the spirit world. Taylor and some friends decided to venture into Booth Park on Sam which is Halloween.
1: Oh, uh, saw one. That one.
0: Wiccan Halloween.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look like it should be pronounced that, but it's, yeah, yeah saw one.
0: I definitely was not going to get that one. Uh-uh. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> um, as At mean- least that's how I've heard it pronounced. If that's wrong, then blame other podcasts who have pronounced it that way. Okay, but you heard it here first. <laughs> Because
0: it's definitely not Sam Hain, so. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's wrong, too. <laughs> so as they entered the cemetery, the temperature dropped drastically, sending shivers down their spines. Taylor felt an ominous presence, a breath on the back of their neck, and an unshakable sense of impending doom. The graveyard was undeniably haunted. Bob Cockling had a connection to the old caretaker of Booth Park who had many tales to share. Upstairs, in what was known as the sad room, an overwhelming sense of grief washed over anyone who entered. Fittingly named. Bob was allowed to step inside and experienced it firsthand. He saw a little girl peering out the window, a haunting sight. The caretaker and historical society members had stories of their own, including the unshakable feeling of someone descending the stairs. Teresa and her daughter had embarked on a tour of the house last summer. The guide decided to play an old stenograph in the parlor. Suddenly, they heard a rushing, stomping feet and loud banging behind them. Anxiety gripped them. Teresa tried to break the tension, mentioning how much they enjoyed the music. Her daughter's friend felt someone tugging on her shirt. She was visibly shaken, insisting that someone was pulling on her shirt. The eerie presence was strong, particularly in the ladies' room on the second floor. All these stories seemed unrelated until one fateful evening when Tom Fatone decided to take a leisurely drive past the Booth Park homestead. It was a chilly fall night, and the moon hung low in the sky. As he approached the homestead, he felt a weird that weird sensation once again. This time, it was more intense, sending shivers down his spine. He decided to pull over and investigate. This is the point in the story where I would say, well, that was a stupid idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what have we learned? Don't pull over
0: and investigate anything. Right. Taylor's eerie experience on Halloween, Bob's tales of the sad room, and Teresa's encounters in the house all seemed to converge. The homestead, it appeared, had a history seeped in the supernatural. As Tom stepped out of his car and approached the entrance, he suddenly heard the sound of rushing feet, felt a cold breath on his neck, and a sense of impending doom that he couldn't ignore. He realized he was not alone. The Booth Park homestead, so beautiful by day, had a dark secret that revealed itself only in the ghostly hours of the night. The spirits of the past, the restless souls, and the unexplained phenomenon were all very real. Tom had inadvertently entered the realm where the living and the dead coexisted, where the eerie stories of Taylor, Bob, and Teresa converged in a chilling symphony of the supernatural. Oh. It was a place where history and hauntings were intertwined, and Tom had unwillingly become part of this mystifying narrative. Dun, dun. <laughs> and that's that. I like it. At first, I had to, like, read it a couple of times and be like, wait, how did you make these stories connect? Because it sounds like they have nothing to do with each other. No, no, they do. And so one of the classes that I had taken wanted us to try to use this because it was about using technology and literacy. Oh, fun. And so one of the things we did was, like, you know, here you have this thing. Like, teachers are like, oh, my God, kids are going to cheat and do all these things. And. Chat GPT is not as easy as, like, people think, like, you just type it in and you get this beautiful response. Oh, that's what I thought. Right. No. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's still, you know, like, okay, when I was doing some of the description stuff, I would, like, type something in and I was, like, make this sound more creative. And it would come up with this beautiful thing. And I'm, like, use common language. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, not that I think that our listeners have, like, you know, low reading levels by any means. But I'm, like, this is... You know, if you're, it
1: doesn't need to be a researched right. description. It does. It's not
0: like an actual narrative. It's just a description. <laughs> I, I and don't I want common description. Anybody to be able to read this, right? <laughs> not just like scholars. <laughs> <laughs> and so you do have to like refine your answers. Mm-hmm. And so at first when I read it, I was like, "Oh, this is good." And then when I was rereading it, I was like, "Well, how does this connect them?" Like, I know that they're random, and it's difficult to connect it. And so I'm like, okay, I guess you did leave it a short story, and I don't know if short stories are known for being like, oh, we're gonna kind of start a plot and then not finish it. <laughs> and so I was like, if I had the time, I'd add more, right? <laughs> because it definitely felt like, okay, so then what happened? Yeah, <laughs> like a little bit. Did Tom go in the house. Like, what, <laughs> what I know. Did Tom... How did he get intertwined? Right. But you know, I guess you're gonna have to come back next week when I also don't talk about it then. <laughs> So we're gonna close this off with something not spooky, but it is very interesting. So my favorite comment was from Rick Agvant, and he alluded to a schedule, not a schedule, a scandal. Oh, that took place in Stratford with the Booth brothers. Oh, and he said that there was once an old newspaper article about it, but he couldn't find it on the internet. (laughs) And I said, well.
1: (laughs) Let me do my thing with all of our subscriptions. I was
0: like, good fucking thing we have a subscription to not one, but two newspaper websites. Two. Count them. Two. (laughs) (laughs) So I did a little sleuthing, and I discovered the newspaper article. Amazing. I Remember that short marriage I told you about? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Quite the juicy gossip story. (gasps) So it's not spooky, but it is like a, it's a good gossip story. We love gossip. We love it. Even if it's a hundred years old. But, yeah. yeah. Nah. So Ruth Norton Booth, the wife, Vassar graduate, and who's she married to? Which one of the Booths? David. Okay. He's the older one. Ruth and David. Mm-hmm. They got married on Christmas Day in 1921. Cute. He's literally t- twice her age. Oh, that's not cute. Fifty-four to twenty-seven. Oh, oh. But you know, she was really in love with him because she was the one who wanted the divorce, and after only three years. Unfortunately, her divorce suit, because it's, you know, the 1920s, it was dismissed against her husband in the Superior Court. Of course. But then she brought an alienation suit against her brother-in-law for $75,000. What's an alienation suit? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Oh. <laughs> It is exactly what it sounds like. It is a, quote, An alienation of affection is a legal claim that involves suing someone for interfering with the marital relationship, according to Forbes.com. Oh. So when she was sharing the story of her marriage with the courts, she said that after her wedding, she and her husband went on a lovely little honeymoon to New York, Atlantic City, and Baltimore. Wow. After which they stayed at the Booth Homestead for a few days, but then they decided they wanted to extend their honeymoon and stayed in Florida until May 1922. I
1: want that long of a honeymoon. Same.
0: I was like, so you moved to Florida for a time.
1: Right. That's what you're saying. (laughs) You, you know, you had your little vacation
0: there. You got out of the cold in Florida. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was upon the return that trouble in their marriage began. Her brother-in-law, Stephen, was, quote, extremely jealous of her and did many things to alienate her husband's affections. Apparently, Stephen was the housekeeper of the homestead. He would wash the dishes, make the beds, do the laundry, order groceries— And Ruth was not very comfortable with Stephen making her bed, and she made her objections, no. Why? That it didn't go into. Okay, interesting. She also said that when she'd have girlfriends stop by to see her, Stephen would insist on joining the conversation, despite the fact that the topics of conversation were, quote, matters of dress, fashions, and other feminine subjects. And it's girl talk. Right. Sometimes you don't want boys and girl talk. Right. But the newspaper was like, why do you want to talk about girl things? But Mm. that's, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's I got wanna, what she was saying. We want to talk about you. Right, exactly. <laughs> she wants to talk about the fact that you will not leave her the fuck alone. And we can't do that if you're right there. Right. But the thing that really pushed Ruth Booth over the edge. Ruth Booth. Yeah. Oh, no, honey. It's okay. She gets a divorce. It's oh, fine. Oh, God. <laughs> the thing that really pushed her over the edge and made her decide to leave was Stephen's insistence upon sleeping with her husband. For... Wait. For fellow friend enthusiasts, or friends enthusiasts, think of the episode where Rachel dated that guy in her building. I think his name was, like, Dan. She at first thought he was, like, a Sasquatch or something.
1: They, like, bug-bombed him or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he and his sister are weirdly close. Oh, yeah. Like, taking a bubble bath together as adults weird.
1: My favorite thing, though, is when she was like, they wrestled. And Ross and Monica were like, yeah. And she was like, did you guys wrestle? Yeah, I always want. No, you didn't. You want to go at it now?
0: Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That part of the episode, I was like, Lauren and Jared. Yeah, no. When <laughs> immediately. I immediately when I saw that, I was
1: like, Jared and I. Like, still now, I walk by him. Like if we're both at the house together, he's home on vacation or whatever. I will walk by and he just like grabs my legs and drops me, and I'm like, oh, I'm not as I'm not stronger anymore, which sucks. I used to be when we were like ten. <laughs> when we used I used to be stronger. That is long gone.
0: You guys were threatening to play Ninja in the little tiny. And I was like, or we don't have to do that here. It could be the one space that we don't do that. It's such a sibling thing. It's such a competitive. And I think it's only really a
1: thing with like brothers and sisters. I was going to
0: say, I don't do that with my sister. Sisters and sisters don't really
1: do that. Brothers and brothers, maybe. But like brothers and sisters. It's a thing.
0: Granted, sister and sister, who the fights we get into. Oh, those are much
1: different fights. Yeah, I have never gotten into a fight with Jared about clothing. Well, one time because he used to be really skinny and he took a pair of my sweatpants and tied them to fit him. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go over my thighs. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. And that's about the only time clothing has gotten has been an issue. Well, yes,
0: there are those things, but like sisters know how to be mean. Yeah. 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 They really know how to get down and dirty.
1: Yeah, brothers and sisters don't really. It's just we will fight, but it's not with words. It's with action. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so. Okay, yeah, so, okay, yeah. Weird. Back weird. to the Friends episode. Right. Siblings too close. So, Stephen wanted to literally sleep with his brother. So from what I inferred is that David obliged his brother's witches and slept next to him each night instead of his wife. Oh, not not sexual. Right. Which is why I was like, oh, weird siblings that do things that they're like, oh, we're just taking a bubble bath. But we're siblings. So it's fine. But you're like, but you're adults. So it's weird. Okay,
1: okay, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I I can see sharing a bed if you need to. But like he was
0: in his 50s.
1: And he's married, and his wife is not sleeping in the bed with him. Right, and that was the
0: thing. Like, the brother was clearly the clingy one, but, like, David didn't do anything to stop it. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Full circle. Makes sense. Unfortunately, though, her case was dismissed uh, based on a mistrial because apparently an article was published in a New Haven newspaper saying that a settlement had been reached between the two parties. The reporter had claimed to have overheard a conversation between the mother of one of the principals and the attorney about settlement. I'm assuming mom of the brothers. Yeah. Supposedly anywhere from 8,000 to 30,000, which are two very different numbers, was being offered to Ruth to drop the case. And the publication of this rumor resulted in Stephen Booth's attorney motioning for this mistrial, which Judge Leonard J. Nickerson granted.
1: These names.
0: Last but certainly not not least is the family dynamic of this marriage, which is wild. Oh, tell me, tell me. So Ruth is the daughter of Elizabeth Booth Norton, who married the late Samuel L. Norton of Cheshire, whoever the fuck that is. Okay, so her maiden name's Booth. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Because Elizabeth's grandfather, so Ruth's Uh great-grandfather, and Stephen and David's father are first cousins. Okay, so they're related somehow. I did the math, don't worry. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, so if I f- did it right, then that would make Ruth and David second cousins twice removed. Okay. And I checked Ancestry.com, and mm-hmm. I can explain my math, or we can just focus on the fact that they were s- related and only semi-distantly. Yeah. Like they shared a great, great grandparent, I think. I don't know. I made a chart for you. So it'd be great, great I made a chart for Something you. Something like, oh my God, amazing. Okay.
1: <laughs> Ruth,
0: Elizabeth, Elizabeth's dad.
1: I'm glad you could understand what that says. hmm That's, I'm glad you figured this out for us. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Once I figured out the whole once removed part, because it's based on how many generations are removed, and it only becomes second cousins when like it's your... So like,
1: well, my second cousins is because our parents are siblings. Our, or, first, cousins. It, our first cousins. Correct. It's you share, we looked this up because we knew we were
0: related, but we didn't know yes. how.
1: It's because we share the same great grandparents. Correct.
0: So they share like a great, 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 great grandparent because remember, Stephen's fifty, so it makes sense that Right! But there's a different generation. Is first cousins with Ruth's great Grand, yeah. grandfather. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they share a great, great Great-grandfather. Well, they wouldn't share anything.
1: Like, they would share things, but it wouldn't be the same generational thing. No, correct.
0: Correct. Right. Yes.
1: Um, Because, like, my aunt, I guess, is my second cousin once removed. Correct. Because she's my mom's no, cousin. No, she's your first
0: cousin once removed. Oh.
1: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, because it's, like, we technically don't share anything. Correct. As the same, like, I do with my second cousins. You share
0: grandparents. Great-grandparents. With my second cousin.
1: Right. I share great-grandparents. Yes. With my
0: aunt that's why you're removed right yeah because we don't share anything but like but we're in the same your family. kids so like let's say we were cousins mm-hmm. or no 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 you're with your second cousins yeah so yeah. your guys's kids yeah they'll obviously be third cousins yeah but your cousin's kids will be your second cousin <laughs> once removed
1: we're just gonna say the whole thing my cousins
0: yeah <laughs> And so that's why, like, I, I crossed out the X because it said first cousins once removed. I'm like, no, because so Stephen and David were second cousins with Ruth's grandfather. Yeah. And then that would make Elizabeth, her mom, second cousins once removed to Stephen and David. Jeez. Which would then make Ruth a second cousin twice removed to them, which I get it. There's a lot of removals. It's second cousin. There is some distance. But when... Your mother has your married name in her name. That's too close.
1: I liked a guy once. Like, I really liked him in middle school. And I told mom about him and I told grandma about him. His last name, I don't think it's the same, but his last name is one of the last names in our family tree. Ooh. And I was like, I don't think we're related because it's not the same, like, I just don't think we're related. But I was like, mm, groups.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just... Too many people that are like it'd be more so on Stephen and David's side because I'm like, you're gonna be like talking to her fucking grandfather of like, yeah, just shit that like is weird that you know about that Ruth wouldn't because she's not old in conclusion. <laughs> I took the last last little paragraph on the form for the nomination for the National Register of Historic Places, okay. The Booth Memorial Park Complex is a well-integrated park developed over a period of approximately 40 years by David and Stephen Booth. Although borrowing freely from various architectural styles and incorporating a variety of philosophies in the creation of the complex, the Booth brothers succeeded in creating a monument to their own idiosyncratic and highly individual outlook. As an example of folk architecture and what might be termed an architectural folly, it is unique within the state of Connecticut. And that is booth memorial park not super spooky but
1: definitely super interesting
0: yeah i was really into the architecture
1: no that i like it and i like how it's not all the same architecture yeah throughout the whole thing that kind
0: of makes it fun because it drew my attention when they were like some people were saying that they also had shrines to things apparently they're oh. really connected with the spiritual world which would check out given how weird they are oh absolutely so i got really hooked on the Architect part, and I'm like, okay, fine, I'll just throw a scary story in here. Because <laughs> I don't want to go look at Because I'm like, okay, if there's paranormal groups, that means there's a ton of videos that I could watch and get great content. I hate watching videos. I know you do. It's, I-, I loved reading this story. I read it three times. <laughs> I was like, this is so creative. Yeah. Wasn't even nervous. Also, it was daytime.
1: Two big factors into it, yes. Yeah.
0: I love reading scary things.
1: Yeah. But... Yeah,
0: so well, I liked it. Thanks, I it's, liked that. You know, we're easing out of spooky season, so. <laughs> and I will put us right back in. And I also like once I saw that comment, I was like, "Oh my god, this is legitimate." He really did like sleep next to his brother all the time. That's crazy. That I is have crazy. to that. Well, I'm a glad, grown you did. ass man. Yeah, and also I don't know if it's still a thing. But an alienation lawsuit? Yes, (laughs) that's fantastic.
1: That is fantastic. That's
0: fantastic. So she won. No, got Uh dismissed as a mistrial. Who? So she didn't get anything. (laughs) And I was confused because in the newspaper, when I was talking about the family ties and how far back they go, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that they were talking about her mother. I thought they were talking about their mother because it said Booth. Right. Yeah. And then I realized which Booth. (laughs) And then I realized it. It was. Ruth's mom. And I said, oh, my God, they're related. I hate it. And so I did the math. I hate it. That's too close of a relationship. So fucking close. Yeah.
1: If you can count on one hand the -hmm. generations that you are, you're too close. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And at first I was confused by the whole, like, grandfather and father Father. thing. But then I remembered how much younger Ruth is. Right. It makes sense. That it makes sense. That makes it tricky. Trips it up a little bit. A little bit. But still don't like it. Yeah. Well, nicely done. I liked it. That part. The rest of it. Minus the fact that they were cousins. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. No. I liked no. I liked your episode.
0: It'll part. be interesting trying to find we're definitely gonna have like multiple things on Instagram for this episode. Yeah. Of like all the pictures, because there's just so many. Ooh, but it'll be fun to see them though. Because like in, a whole big part of it was the architecture. Yes. And I'll put in my um diagram. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. For those of you that want to check my math. <laughs> I want to go. Oh, okay. I think it'd be fun to check We'll take a nice little trip up to Connecticut. And it's not that far.
1: It's not that bad of a drive. It's
0: not that far. And apparently, like, everyone who commented whether or not they had, like, a haunted experience, they did say that, like, they really enjoyed it. The park is beautiful. And it's definitely something to see. Oh, I'd totally be down. The tours are really good with, like, giving you a lot of information about it. But even not a tour, it's just a really awesome place to go. All right. Check out. Let's add to our road trip list. Yeah. Okay, this will be good because you just talked about um, puppets. Okay. What's up, pup? It's like a puppet and a dog. Exactly. Aw. Not one of the best ones, but I figured it worked. It works. Okay.
1: So I realized when I was doing my research for this, the two times that I've done Connecticut, I have covered a cursed place. Hmm. So the first time was the Warren's Occult Museum, Correct. which had all the cursed objects. Uh-huh. I read the description for it as I was like going through my notes like what we had in our show notes and stuff, and it was like, hopefully Lauren doesn't get cursed doing her research because I looked at the freaking cursed objects. hmm But today, I am covering what is known as the Village of the Damned,
0: mm. Dudley
1: Town. The town is now considered to be
0: cursed. Oh, no. Who <laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs> now, nothing more than an abandoned little ghost town, Dudley Town used to be a bustling little area.
0: They usually are.
1: Yes. It was founded in the early 1740s by a man named Thomas Griffiths, though it's hard to prove not if- Not even Dudley? Well, not yet. Oh, Okay. So he's the one who founded this area. Kinda. But it's hard to prove if he ever actually lived there. Mm-hmm. But by 1741, he owned half of the land. A man named Gideon Dudley arrived on scene in 1747, subsequently changing the name of the town to Dudleytown. Got it. And with the name change, Gideon brought his two brothers as well as the Dudley curse. Oh. So the curse begins in England in 1510, where the Dudley family's legacy can be traced back to. Oh,
0: shit. 1510. This is an old-ass curse.
1: Yeah, it is. So it was April 24th, 1509. <laughs> King Henry VII had just died three days prior. This is
0: like when Old English was de- like a second language and you couldn't understand what anyone was saying. Yes.
1: Yeah, we're like way back there. Beowulf. <laughs> so his son, young Henry VIII, was the new king. He wanted his people to know his reign would be different from his father's.
0: I thought Henry VIII was the one who wasn't. Anyway. It doesn't I don't go
1: very much into his It doesn't life. matter.
0: It doesn't matter. It no, doesn't we're focusing on other people here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't
1: matter. So there are people who had gone against his father who were now going to be dealt with.
0: There was a king that was, like, eight years old or something like that, and I thought it was him, but I guess not. I don't
1: know. But anywho, the people who went against his father would include a man named Edmund Dudley. His charge was that on April 22nd, two days earlier, he had, quote, conspired with armed force to take the government of the king and realm. Hmm. But this charge couldn't be true. Dudley had thrived under the leadership of King Henry VII. But regardless, on June 18th, 1509, he was convicted and imprisoned in the Tower of England. While sitting in the tower, Dudley started to make a list of all the people he believed had been treated unjustly by this current government. I mean, what else do you have than time? He also wrote a work entitled The Tree of Commonwealth. In this work, he depicted the state as a tree, upheld by roots of godliness, justice, truth, concord, and peace. Mm. Dudley knew that he had to escape, so he started to plan. But by August of 1510, Henry VIII gave the order to execute.
0: This sounds like the beginning of Count of Monte Cristo. (laughs) Oh,
1: I can't give any...
0: It's, great that, it's a great movie. It's a book, which I'm sure is I great. I knew it was a book. But I did not read it. It's a big book. Yeah, big book. I watched the movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Movie's it's good. good. Spark notes, too. You know. Yeah.
1: But so Dudley never got to put his escape plan in action because on August 17th, 1510, he was executed on Tower Hill.
0: Oh, well, the guy actually escaped from jail in the movie, so. Oh, yeah. No, he didn't.
1: G.J. <laughs> <laughs> Myers said the execution was, quote, a cynical act of judicial murder done purely for political and propaganda purposes. I don't know who Meyer is, but he had a good quote, so I included it. Loved it. This is about the time when it is believed that this curse was placed upon the family, maybe by Satanists in the royal court. That went around a little bit.
0: Wait, Satanists in the royal court? Uh Uh-huh. I thought, okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they can do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So this curse stated that all descendants of the Dudley family would be surrounded by horror, death, doom, and tragedy. It is believed this curse was the real deal because it was right around this time that the Dudley family did experience a long and continuous run of bad luck. Mm. So that bad luck sort of started when Edmund Dudley's son, John Dudley, plotted to overthrow Edward VI. Mm. He wanted to gain control of the British throne. He decided that the way to do this was to get his son, Guilford Dudley, to marry Lady Jane Grey, who was next in line for the throne. Okay. When Edward VI died, Lady Jane Grey did become queen for a short time. Okay. But their plan failed somehow, and she, John Dudley, and Guilford Dudley were all executed.
0: Damn. Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then another Dudley, Guilford's brother, was serving in the military when he caught the plague. (laughs) He returned to France, and due to being a military officer, he spread the plague to thousands of soldiers and subsequently civilians as the sickness swept through the country. Yeah.
0: Like the plague plague, like the
1: black one. I'm not sure if it was the black one, because this was like, it could have been the black one. It could have been,
0: because this is Henry VI. We got we got two. You were talking about Henry Eighth.
1: Yeah. So no, this-, this was Edward VI. Wait, is that what you said? This was Edward VI. The other ones were Henry's.
0: Oh! This I'm still like, assuming before Henry. I think after Henry, because this is
1: Guilford, who was the son of... Oh,
0: it didn't start with him. It started with the person who was in jail. Yeah. Got
1: it. Yeah, it started with him, then the sons, and then Guilford was the one who died by trying to marry Lady Jane. His brother is the one who was in the army, spread Spread the plague. There's a lot of plagues. They're not always the Black Plague, but some of them are like. There's just a lot of plagues. Got it. The third son of John Dudley was Robert, Earl of Leicester, Mm. and was a favorite of Elizabeth I. He decided it was time to leave England and travel to the New World. Okay. So eventually, Robert's son William would settle Guilford, Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of families. And three of William's descendants, Abiel, Barzillai, and Gideon, would buy plots of land in the Cornwall Township, Gideon being our fellow from the beginning. Got it. Who was why the town was named Dudleyton. Okay. Dudley Town. So some say the curse followed the Dudleys to America, while others aren't so sure that that's the case. AmericanHauntsInc.com said, quote, The question has been raised because in order for the curse to have been passed along the account for the hauntings of Dudleytown, then William Dudley would have had to have been the son of Robert, Earl of Leicester, But he wasn't. Robert Dudley had only two sons, and one of them died while still a child. The other went to Italy, and while he had children, all of them remained in that country. That means that there was no link between William, his sons who founded Dudleytown, or any so-called curse. But others are convinced that it's the Dudleys who brought the curse. One source even said that the Dudleys got involved with a mythical book that is believed to have opened the gates of hell—always the gate of hell—doomed sure. the family and anyone who befriended them. That was found in only one place. But I had to throw it in. Yeah. By 1747, there were four Dudleys living in this area, and this is around the time when the little town, though not an actual town, started to attract some new settlers. So it was called Dudley Town. It wasn't considered a town. Right. It was part of a bigger township. Got it. But, you know. Yeah. We had some Dudleys living here, as well as the Tanner family, the Joneses, the Pattersons, the Dibleys, and the Porters. Okay. So that's kind of the families in this town. Mm-hmm. Dudley Town is surrounded by a thick forest of dark trees, where sunlight is barely able to enter, so it was fittingly given the ominous name of Dark Entry Forest. Oh. Yeah. And the area was not great for farming, as it was situated between three large hills, making the area nearly dark at noon. So farming, not a thing, but iron ore was soon found. And the town had very little, no church, no schools, no shops, really nothing. So whenever anything was needed, a trip to nearby Cornwall was necessary. And with the lack of things here, the peak number of families living here only reached 26. Okay. So only 26 families.
0: Yeah, small.
1: But though they were prospering in different endeavors, the town started to face a lot including freak accidents, an unusual number of disappearances, cases of insanity, and many bizarre deaths.
0: Is it insanity or is it insanity?
1: No, it's insanity. Okay. Yeah. No quotes here. Okay. <laughs> Three of the four Dudleys who had lived here eventually moved out of the town, living long and fulfilling lives, eventually dying of old age and natural causes. So
0: it sounds like they did well.
1: Moving out. Yes, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Only one remained, Abiel Dudley, mm. and the curse got to him. After a series of unfortunate events, he lost his entire fortune and his mind. He passed in 1799 at the age of 90, but not before being unable to pay his debts, his property being taken by the town, and him being made a ward of the town. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he just meow. straight down. So let's start at the beginning of all these bad okay. things. <laughs> in 1759, a mysterious plague—here's another one—swept it. Swept through the town, killing many of the townsfolk in one foul swoop. During this time, there were many diseases spreading through New England. I tried to look up what this exact one was. So we have diphtheria, measles, smallpox, influenza. Was
0: it? Oh, no, it would have been too early. Never mind. What
1: for the, the plague?
0: No, I was the yellow fever.
1: That wasn't listed around 1759.
0: That's why I think it was too early, meaning your story's too early. Oh, okay. <laughs> yellow fever came later.
1: <laughs> so any of these that I listed could have been the plague that swept through the town mm-hmm. or something more mysterious and unknown. We don't know. We don't know. This is the same year that Nathaniel Carter and his family moved to Dudleytown. When the plague went through the town, relatives of Nathaniel's died. Saddened by this loss, he moved his family to Binghamton, New York in 1763. But the curse still followed. Mm. They had moved into, quote, Indian territory mm. and were attacked.
0: You walked into somebody else's house. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> right. So Nathaniel, his wife, and their infant That's child. That's not bad
0: luck. That's natural consequences. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so all those three, they were all slaughtered. The other three Carter children were abducted and taken to Canada. Interesting. The two daughters were ransomed, which I guess just sold off somewhere. Yeah. The son, David, remained with his captors, married an indigenous woman, and later returned to the U.S. for his education.
0: Stockholm syndrome. So he lived, (laughs) like,
1: this life. He went on to edit a newspaper and became a justice on the Supreme Court. Wow. Good for him. He just, he rolled with it. Losing your entire family, you're just going to roll with it. Mm Mm-hmm. But the curse continued on in Dudleytown, and more misfortune came to those who lived here. In 1792, Garshon Hollister and many other neighbors were helping build a barn for William Tanner. Tanner was already said to be going sort of senile due to old age. He lived to be 104. Damn. And the town was helping build a barn for him. You know, barn raising, nice yeah. town thing. It is said that, though old, Tanner began telling the other villagers of strange creatures he would see coming out of the woods at night. No one knew for sure if these creatures were real or were just a figment of his imagination. Because he's like, old, he's senile. There's no way there's yeah, right. things coming out of Don't the woods. Don't up with fate. Right. <laughs> so back to this barn raising. While the town was building this, Garcon Hollister ended up being killed in an accident that occurred. Some reports say he fell to his death, so it was a true accident. But there are reports that say he had been found in Tanner's house.
0: Murdered. Murdered.
1: However, it happened, mystery surrounded it, and no one knew what happened for sure. Hmm. General Herman Swift was also allegedly living in Dudleytown. He served in the American Revolution under George Washington and was one of the most well-known and famous residents of the town. Hmm. In 1804, his wife, Sarah Fay, was standing out on their porch during a storm when she was struck by lightning. Damn. Killed instantly. Damn. The sudden and tragic passing of his My wife. My biggest fear. Right. <laughs> but you survived.
0: This Did time. Did
1: you die? This time. This time. <laughs>
0: This just confirmed that my fears are a little bit more legitimate than I assumed. Right, because you never, you always think, like, I'm never going to get caught out in a freaking thunderstorm. Right. I'm like, oh, my God, this is a childhood fear of, like, being stuck in a field and not having anywhere to not be tall. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is exactly what my elementary school teachers warned me about. And then what did we do? There's a tree. (laughs) Shelter!
1: If I weren't so, like, Cold and unhappy, it would have been a hysterical sight.
0: Oh, it would have been watching everyone
1: line up. Oh my god! Because after a point, the line got so long that you're you're not being protected by anything. No. We were smart though; we stood on the other side and were protected by people. Mm. So sudden and tragic passing of his wife Sarah caused Swift to quote lose his mind.
0: Oh no! So there's like
1: another insanity quote thing.
0: Mm. He passed away shortly after. I want someone to be so in love with me that if I die, they lose their mind. Yeah, Joe says he would. I could see that. Yeah, I could. He's too. already teetering, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs>
1: <If he's... laughs> he doesn't listen or fine. <laughs> I don't feel bad. He always likes to say, "But I hear you recording." I'm like, "Bullshit!" You can't say that now. Yeah, where are you, Joe? Yeah, not fucking here. Boom. Not going to be home for like an hour and a half. Exactly. So <laughs> the curse continued in 1872 with Horace Greeley, the editor of New York Tribune. Greeley married a young woman named Mary Young Cheney, who allegedly had been born in Dudleytown. Mm. But some people like to debunk, and after being debunked, it was found that she was actually born in a nearby town called Litchfield. Okay. So just a weird side fact about her. So she moved out of the Litchfield area in 1833 mm-hmm. and went to live in a vegetarian boarding house. Sounds god awful. Mm-hmm. Owned by Dr. Graham. Yes, the man who invented graham crackers. Huh, yeah. That's she, so cool. Isn't it? She then became involved in this whole wellness movement of the time. Oh. But while at the boarding house, she met Horace Greeley. In 1873, Greeley ran for president against Ulysses S. Grant mm. and lost. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs>
0: We know how that one turned
1: out. (laughs) Right. Shortly after that loss, Mary suffered an attack of lung disease and died while she was in New York City. But legend was trying to say that she hanged herself in Dudleytown from the loss that her husband faced. Mm. But Greeley did end up dying just a month after his wife. By the late 1800s, early 1900s, many of the former residents of the town had either moved away, passed away, or had simply vanished. So there weren't many left. Hmm. But one of those remaining families was John Patrick Prophy and his family. It seemed that with so few people left, the curse decided to focus on them. Well. (laughs) This sucks. So first, Profi's wife passed from disease, believed to be consumption. Now, this wasn't uncommon. Her death wasn't too surprising as she had been suffering for years at this point, Mm -hmm. which like sucks. What's consumption? Tuberculosis. Oh. Yes. So like the cough, the just, we were watching The Haunting of Bly Manor, and the one main lady back in years past when you see a flashback she has it and Mm. she keeps coughing and she's like coughing up blood and they put her on bed rest she's on bed rest for years like she just won't die
0: yeah that sucks that does suck sucks
1: so but shortly after her funeral her two children vanished into the forest it is unknown if they disappeared involuntarily or if their disappearance had been on purpose so the two have been accused of stealing sleigh blankets which at this time, no idea what it was, but it was a minor offense. So not mm. a big deal. But there is nothing to indicate that it was voluntary and the two were never seen again. Hmm. His house then went up in flames and burned to the ground. Damn. And right after that, Brophy himself vanished. I mean, I would too. That's a little embarrassing at that point. Well, it's either said that he went mad and abandoned the town. Others say he just straight up vanished. But either way, he's gone. Never seen again. Then there is yet another tale of a man named Dr. William Clark, known to be the true last resident of Dudleytown. Mm. So Dr. Clark was a New York City physician and professor. He taught at Columbia College of Physicians and Surgeons. He was also a leading cancer specialist in New York. So fancy. Very fancy man. He wanted to build a nice vacation home where he could escape the stresses of New York City. Sure. So in the early 1900s, Clark visited the Cornwall region of Dudleytown and fell in love with the empty forest there. I imagine. He purchased about 1,000 acres. (laughs) About, you know, in Dudleytown. And over the next few years, he and his wife, Harriet Bank Clark, built their dream vacation home on the property. They would visit the house on weekends and during the summer until it was complete. And once it was complete, they would visit for short trips during the summer and they would stay for the whole week of Thanksgiving. They lived this way until 1918 when the curse started to stir. One summer weekend, while the Clarks were visiting the home, Mr. Clark received a call that there was an emergency he had to attend to in New York City. Yeah, the flu. Oh. Was that the Spanish flu? Mm. Oh. Yeah, 1918.
0: The flu. Some flu. It was our first flu.
1: But there was some emergency. Yeah. He knew he had to go handle it, but he knew it wouldn't take too long to actually handle the emergency. It was the travel that would take long. Yeah. So the getting there, the getting back. And he knew it would take over a day, which meant that his wife, Miss Clark, would have to stay overnight in the home alone. No, no. She had never done this before. Mr. Clark was only away for 36 hours, and when he returned, he found the front door slightly ajar.
0: She fucked it up. She had one job. Survive. (laughs) (laughs) She couldn't even do that right. God damn. Slowly, he pushed it open and was greeted with a
1: truly chilling sound. Mm. From a room upstairs, he heard, quote, maniacal, uncontrolled laughter of one who had taken leave of her senses. During his absence, his wife had gone quite mad.
0: You know what? Honestly, I've been alone with my thoughts, too, and I get it i was alone this weekend yeah i just watched the office the whole time <laughs> alone with your thoughts man shit you come up with i would go nuts well she started
1: speaking of strange creatures that came out of the forest and attacked her so now we have two people talking about creatures in the forest
0: okay also benefit of the doubt here when you don't stay home alone ever and then all of a sudden you're home alone all of a sudden your house becomes very terrifying
1: yeah yeah any noise our Alexandria place, this one, I don't feel it as much. Mm-hmm. Alexandria, I thought someone, I mean, I said it 900 times, I thought someone was living in our walls <laughs> or in the attic upstairs, mm-hmm. which, like, there's a creepy. Mm-hmm. Anywho, that's why when I met the two girls who were moving in there, I didn't say, I didn't, I wasn't like, hey, I have a podcast. I was thinking, you don't want to hear about the podcast mm-hmm. where I recorded in your home. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, there was one time I was editing the episode. And I heard something up in our attic, and I was like, no. And so I just stayed downstairs, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to wait until Joe's home because it was one of his, like, late nights. Yep. Yeah. Or when I would be by myself, like, if he was going away for the weekend or he was, like, going out with some friends and he was, like, staying somewhere overnight or whatever, and I was alone, TV would be on. Yep. I would fall asleep with the TV on. The lights downstairs would be on. Yep. I would have a nightlight in the room upstairs because it was big open space. So it was kind of creepy. hmm Uh-huh. Yes.
0: Yeah. So your first time— can be terrifying i could get it why she went mad but she's speaking of strange characters
1: coming out of the woods like our other dude did
0: i mean if you're scared enough you'd be amazed at what your mind does but the same thing as someone else yeah but i feel like it's easy to see creatures in a forest yeah it's a forest
1: well she claimed she'd also seen demons and other awful things might be unique to her i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but shortly after that she took her own life
0: Yeah, she's seeing shit, and she's going batshit. Mm-hmm.
1: Though completely shattered by his wife's suicide, Mr. Clark continued to visit and maintain their house in Dudleytown. Good for him. Years later, he remarried Mm -hmm. and would stay at the summer home with his new wife, Carita, while they awaited a larger house to be built.
0: Ooh. That's going to piss off original Mrs. Dudley, isn't it?
1: No, actually.
0: Oh. (laughs) Yeah.
1: While they were waiting, in 1924, Mr. Clark, his new wife, and a few other doctors, friends, and landowners all formed the Dark Entry Forest Association.
0: That's stupid. That's that's asking to be like possessed.
1: Well, no, they used it as a way to like as a forest preservation. Oh, okay. So that the land around Dudley Town would remain quote forever wild. Oh, okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like a let's be a spooky cult. It was okay. like. Let's preserve the forest. <laughs> okay, we like that. We like that. We do. So like sunshine and daisies. Yeah. So it was still it's still active to this day, actually. Oh, cool. The first meeting was held in 1926, and the association had 41 members. Nice. In 1930, Mr. Clark and his new wife moved into their new, bigger home, and in 1943, Mr. Clark passed away in Cornwall Bridge with Carita, passing five years after that. Hmm. So they didn't have any curses. Hmm. It was said that a number of their children and family members still reside in this area. So today, Dudleytown is mostly deserted, and the Dark Forest Entry Association still owns most of the land that the town once stood on. With Dudleytown being a deserted area that has had more than its fair share of spooky goings-on, it's not far-fetched to think that the remains of this town may be haunted. Yeah. And it has gained quite the reputation of being a truly haunted place. There are still homes on Bald Mountain Road, a secluded area nearby. These locals say that nothing supernatural takes place here. Of course. This is a completely normal town. Right. Those who still live around Dudley Town aren't too happy about the countless paranormal investigators, journalists, hikers, birders. Oh, I can and just about anyone else coming to the town hoping to catch a glimpse of something paranormal.
0: <laughs> I can, like, I know we get excited if there's, like, a haunted place, but I can just imagine of, like, it's somewhere near you and people are like oh it's haunted no the fuck it's not go away <laughs> like <laughs> what i thought was so funny was the whole story
1: of mr clark i read little bits of it throughout different articles mm-hmm. but the one where i found it the most was in a book of people who are birders so they like go watch birds like ah. their whole thing is finding birds okay they went into dudley town to find birds nice. and so they told this whole story of the clarks oh so i'm just reading a birder book about dudley town interesting <laughs> yeah very interesting <laughs> So in 1999, the amount of people coming to Dudleytown increased, all thanks to the release of the Blair Witch Project.
0: Ah. Uh,
1: in the woods, the yeah. creepy wanting to walk through, finding yep. the abandoned village, yep. seeing if anything was truly terrifying. I remember we were at a friend's birthday. They watched that. You, me, and one other friend went upstairs, and we talked the whole night, so we didn't have to watch the movie. We fell asleep, too. Yep. In her bed while everyone else was on the floor. <laughs>
0: so pissed when they
1: came to wake us up. But Yeah. Yep. And then times have changed and I watched the movie on my own.
0: Yeah, I felt very betrayed. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Like, truly. I was like, no one can give me any shit because I still have Lauren. I'm literally known as, like, all
1: of the jobs I work at. I'm like, oh, the Halloween ghost girl. Like, we were in a meeting at work the other day and our team lead looks at me and goes, Lauren, what's the plan for the Halloween costume? I was like, when was I in charge of this? Well, Brie and I were in charge last year. (laughs) We were put in charge again this year. So, you know, it's fine. I fully embrace the spookiness and I love it.
0: Sure. People now, I'm sure, can't picture you any other way.
1: No, no, they can't. But I know differently. Every Friday, I wear a spooky shirt
0: for spooky season. And I know that some of the things that you do get anxious about, I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> like what? Just your little neuroses of, like, making sure something's a certain way or (laughs) thinking that, like, well, this could happen this one time, so we're not going to do that. Okay, well, that's fine. It might not happen, but it'll be fine. Yeah, no. It's just, like, little things that, you know, the few moments that I'm, like, not the worried one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I completely, I know I'm still that worrier. Yes. It's always going to be there.
0: Just a little nervous.
1: Oh, always. Always. Yeah. That hasn't changed. Yeah. People don't always know do that. They just think it's the elevator thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just let them think it. But we'll we'll let it's them that? Just that. You know, <laughs> well, actually, they always try to make me go on elevators at work. It's never going to happen, but they try. My friend actually got stuck on an elevator at work. She was like, just randomly one day in conversation, she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you, I got stuck on an elevator here. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it was only like 20 minutes. I was like, oh. that is so long. And like, we don't always have our phones on us because we leave them other places. And obviously we don't have like, you know, if you're in an elevator and you don't have a form of communication, my fear is like, what if I like leave my phone somewhere? You mm-hmm. know, and I'm just like, oh quick little jaunt. I just have to go somewhere real quick. I'm just gonna leave my phone. Get in the elevator, you push the button, you don't move, and then you try the little emergency thing. Well what if that phone's broken too?
0: So that's why I have rules if I go in an elevator. Well, what it is rules. I have to have my phone. Okay. I have to have water. Uh uh-huh. and i have to have just gone to the bath yes
1: <laughs> every time we are like talking about elevators and stuff and like getting stuck we're always like make sure you establish a pee corner
0: mm-hmm. and if it's like a short one okay i i don't think about my rules quite as much but if i have to go up high i'm like looking i'm like okay my water do i have to pee no i think i'm okay so <laughs> i think i can go into this elevator and i should be okay
1: we were, again, at work, and we discussed this all the time, and they tried to make me feel better trying to say that stairs are more deadly than elevators, this whole thing.
0: I'm sure they are. They, they are. are. The ones that come up to your fucking house. I
1: More people die on stairs than elevators, but someone read one of the statistics wrong, and it was like, oh, one in five people will die in an elevator. And now, <laughs> now every time we talk about elevators, someone's like, remember, one in five people, it—
0: It's so funny. See, when you don't have a sense of balance and you have to look down anyway to always watch where you're going, that's not a problem. Yeah. But I can see how some other people who might not think to look down. I always look down. It's weird to me if I don't look down. I don't understand people who can walk and face forward.
1: (laughs) Can you chew gum and walk at the same time?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I got to look at my feet. (laughs) Make sure they're still going the direction I want them to. Just all of a sudden they veer off. But I'm like, people must think I'm like trying to avoid eye contact or like depressed. (laughs) And I'm like, I literally, I've tried to look up. I don't know what made it start happening, but I trip a lot. There could be something that makes you trip. I have the inner ear injury from high school. You do. Which throws off my balance. True. And so I got to look at the ground. (laughs) Which is hard when you're walking up your stairs because I don't want to look at the ground. Right, because they're scared. And so I want to look ahead, but then I can't because then that's what gets me really nervous because I can't see. I always think of how
1: terrifying it must be for dogs. You know, they're like right there at all the slats going up.
0: Yeah. There are some dogs that won't go up the stairs.
1: Yeah, it takes Roy a lot. He'll he'll try to find a way to like not take the stairs. I'm like, the only way up is the stairs.
0: (laughs) We had a big old lab who didn't like those kinds of stairs oh. and we went to a beach house once and we brought the dog and so every time we went inside my dad had to carry the dog inside oh precious animal until the very last day
1: when he learned how to do the stairs and he
0: went right up the stairs <laughs> dad was
1: pissed we were so scared with our spiral staircase at our last place that roy wouldn't understand it
0: nope no problem up and down i had a problem with your spiral staircase Ooh, i love this It made staircase. me dizzy and it was out in the open and I didn't like it. Oh, I loved it. it. it comfortable. I loved our spiral staircase. Okay. Back to Dudley Town. Okay.
1: <laughs> so shortly after the whole Blair Witch project. Right. The Dark Entry Forest Association placed Dudley Town off limits okay. after an increase in the amount of people coming here to drink, have bonfires, commit vandalism, ghost hunt, trespass, all other forms of destruction. So they're like, nah, it's off limits. In just oh, one year's gotta ruin it. I know, I know. So in just one year, the police had been called to the area 79 times. Jesus. There was a time when five teenagers had come to the town to explore, but had gotten lost. At 1.30 a.m., they used a cell phone to call 911. The police dispatched a search team which consisted of state troopers, firefighters, dogs, That's and so a helicopter. Embarrassing.
0: That's so embarrassing. As the
1: team was searching for this group of five, they found a different group of six. <laughs> <laughs> Each trespasser was fined $77. <laughs> That's funny. So there are many hiking trails and paths around Dudley Town. The Appalachian Mountains even meander kind of around this area. Okay, but there are signs on paths that lead into Dudley Town claiming that hikers need to keep out from October 25th to November 4th.
0: Damn, <laughs> they were like very specifically. Today is October 25th too,
1: as we're recording. Yeah, how oh, fun. But yeah, they want to do it like around Halloween. They're like no time before or after. Yep. Just this time you're not allowed in here. Correct. Though locals try to claim that there is nothing spooky about Dudleytown, it is said that ghostly tales started popping up in the 40s and have continued on.
0: That's like early.
1: Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. The big thing, in order to reach Dudleytown, you have to travel down Dark Entry Road. Mm. So I read a lot of stories of people who were unable to find this road while others were able to find it no problem. So some people would return at a later date to try to find it again, and they would find it in the exact place they had been looking the first time, and now it's suddenly there. Hmm. So it was like it just wasn't visible or apparent to them, and then it is. The first big thing that people notice when stepping foot into the confines of Dudleytown are that the mountains in the area are completely devoid of sound. There is an unnatural silence that seems to envelope all who visit. There are no birds chirping, no animal noises, no normal forest noises, nothing. And while those nature sounds are gone, other sounds can be heard. Some visitors have reported hearing screams in the woods that can't be located. The screams seem to move once you think you found its origin. The next thing experienced are the feelings. There's an intense feeling of being watched while walking around the ruins. Some people are also struck by an overwhelming feeling of sadness or of terror. People have also felt cold spots and experienced vortexes. There are some who have claimed to have been chased by ghosts. Oh, shit. One person was even slapped by a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Others have felt touched, pushed, and scratched by unseen hands. Some have reported feeling suffocated. Some have seen mysterious lights and apparitions and have even caught those apparitions on film. Though cameras and other battery-operated equipment doesn't always work here, so sometimes it'll work, sometimes it doesn't. Hmm. There's apparently a waterfall nearby, and sometimes when people take pictures of the waterfall, they can see human faces in the flowing water. People have reported hearing leaves rustling, but when they look at where the noise was coming from, they see the leaves moving, but no one is there to be disturbing them. And it's not the wind. It's as if someone's stepping there and the leaves are moving. Mm -hmm. What? I
0: was about to say, is it the wind? (laughs) Yeah, no. No other leaves. So you mean the wind?
1: (laughs) A human would be standing. It seems to be a common thing that while people are walking on the paths and trails to get back to their car, they will hear something keeping pace with them in the woods. No. Something they can't see. Did I tell you about this experience? So, one of my gym mm. friends, we went out to dinner. Um, we went out to get wine after class, and his husband came, and we're just chatting, and he, like, knows about the podcast. We were talking about the podcast, and he was like, "Oh, I have a scary thing to tell you." And I was like, "What? So they're runners. They are mm. very good at running. Mm. They can keep like a seven and a half minute pace during a marathon. Like they're in yeah, they're very, very good. His, like base pace, like I need to breathe, is my all out sprint. It's embarrassing. But so, anywho, his husband was saying that he was running one day, like, kind of at 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. before work. He's running down, like, some road. And the road that he's running down has woods next to it. Mm. And he said as he's running, he hears something keeping pace with him in the woods. Mm. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, stop. And he was like, yeah, once I heard that, I turned and I booked it the other direction.
0: Good thing you were already running. Right.
1: (laughs) But, like, how freaking terrible. Like, I get it could be an animal, but, like, mm, no.
0: And, like, I would give that if it was just, like, a couple of steps. But if it's, like, the whole time. He said,
1: like, for a good portion, it's just following him. Mm Mm-mm. So it is also very commonly reported that people will have issues with their cars when they finally decide to leave. Mm. It won't start. The brakes won't work. The lights won't work. Just any number of car issues will happen to people as they try to leave. Some researchers even believe that this area is a, quote, negative power spot where entities can enter the world from the other side. Which many believe could help explain all the weird occurrences that have happened to Town and the strange creatures that some reported seeing. The area is often thought of as being tainted, if not cursed— Then we have Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm. They were Connecticut residents who, in the 1970s, they videotaped a Halloween special from Deadly Town where they declared it demonically possessed. Oh, shit. (laughs) They said it was controlled by something terrifying.
0: So the, like, official people Mm -hmm. officially called it demonic. Right. So it's officially demonic. Officially demonic. Yeah. According to ghostvillage.com,
1: this area, though trespassing is forbidden, is known as a stomping ground for Satanists and black witches who all like to come here to perform rituals. Oh. Rocks have been found with strange symbols carved into them, and there are even reports of animal entrails being found near cellar holes. It's like sacrificial things. Mm-hmm. And apparently, taking anything from Dudleytown can curse you. Sounds about right. One lady, Stacy, posted on damnedconnecticut.com. Look at that. In 2009. She and her boyfriend went to Dudleytown before they really cracked down on the whole trespassing. Like, now they have cops who kind oh, of shit. patrol the area, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're not you're not going. Yeah. And you can go if you have, like, written permission to be there. Sure. So this is before that. They said that there was nothing too weird or scary, but they found a rock they liked and brought it home. Well, that night, Stacy was trying to watch TV, and the remote stopped working. She said it started to all of a sudden decrease in volume on its own, increase on its own, decrease on its own, and she, like, couldn't get it to stop. She gave the rock to her boyfriend, who put it under his bed. I guess just like, you know, here's a storage place. While they were hanging out, they were messing around with taking photos, and each picture contained an orb or unexplained smoke. One picture of Stacy's face was covered in a sort of haze, which is actually a common thing. A lot of people say they take pictures there or afterwards, and there's like a haze in the photos. Mm-hmm. They then decided to dispose of the rock and had put it in their car to do so later, but they forgot that it was in there until Stacy's car started acting up. Fixed the mm-hmm. car. So now they're at a friend's house, and they remembered the rock. So they tossed it out of their car and left it in a grassy area in front of their friend's apartment. Oh, no. Two weeks later, their friend's house was raided, and she was thrown in jail. But Stacy was like, if she had been a law-abiding citizen, it probably wouldn't have happened. (laughs) I was going to say, there could be some coincidence there. Right. But she was like, but it was weird the fact that they've been living there for two years completely fine, and then all of a sudden this rock is there and they're arrested. Yes. So rock, not good. (laughs) Alexandra said the same thing about not taking rocks. She said that two of her friends took rocks as they were leaving. On the way home, they hit a rabbit. Then weird and horrible things started happening to the two guys who had taken the rocks. She didn't explain what these weird things were, but she just said, like, very weird and horrible things. The moment they returned the rocks, things went back to normal. Liz posted in 2010 that her ex used to go when he was in middle like middle to high school. She said her ex brought two Ouija boards with him. She spelled Ouija, which is spelled O-U-I-G-A. She spelled it W-E-G-I-E.
0: So she spelled it how, how it sounds. <laughs> Someone
1: commented and said, by the way, it's spelled this way. <laughs>
0: So it sounds more like wedgie,
1: wedgie board. Yeah. Well, when I read that first, I was like, they brought wedgies? I was like, what the hell? And I was like, Ouija. Yeah. So apparently they used these Ouija boards in the forest Mm -hmm. and they opened up some kind of connection with the demon. They started to hear creepy kids' voices. No. (laughs) So they left, but they didn't close the board properly. As they were walking away, they saw a black cloaked figure that made screaming noises. They also heard loud crashing noises that were following them. Then the Ouija board was acting weird and moving around and crashing when it was in the trunk as they were driving away. Uh, So the boyfriend brought the board to his house when he got home and the room it was in caught on fire. (sighs) Damn. He was only able to cleanse himself of all of this bad luck when a witch he was friends with helped cleanse his face. Shit. Yeah. Tracy went at some point and had rosary beads in her pocket. They walked around. Her and her friends walked around for a couple hours looking at and taking in all the sights. But when she and her group returned back to their car, her beads were gone. Hmm. Kristen went and found a rusted bracelet on the path leading back to their car.
0: Maybe it was the rosary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought at first.
1: So they picked it up and brought it home. But the whole car ride, they said they heard what sounded like a little girl's laughter in their head. Bringing it home, Kristen would often notice their daughter's toys would be all over the place. Not weird, but strange for her daughter. Then one day she comes home. Ugh, gross. Okay. She comes home. <laughs> She had her... D- Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> her daughter is, like, crib age. Like, can't mm-hmm. really talk and walk on her own, so needs a babysitter. hmm So the wife, Kristen, I assume is a woman, but I could be wrong. So Kristen comes home and sees her babysitter talking to someone.
0: hmm
1: When she asks, like, who are you talking to? There's mm-hmm. no one there. The baby said her said her daughter's friend had come over. No. Her daughter's at the age where yeah. she can't walk, she can't talk, so she wouldn't have friends who come over. Kristen said, told the babysitter that. The babysitter looked back at... <laughs> so the babysitter looked back at the girl she had been talking to realized she wasn't there turned around and left the house ah. <laughs> i hate it so much i
0: hate that you shared this
1: <laughs> in our house it's getting dark
0: yeah we gotta so, turn some lights on I know.
1: so after that kristen took the bracelet and returned it right back to where she had originally found it and all of the odd things stopped she had taken a photo of the bracelet and an orb was hovering over it in the picture She also used the Ouija board and found out that the young girl spirit that was attached to the bracelet had been hiding from another presence. But again, she wouldn't go into what that presence was. Right. And then my last story, Dawn said she went on Friday the 13th. Hmm. Her and her group saw a mistake. Like, duh, stay home.
0: (laughs) We had one this month, October. We We had October or Friday the 13th. Uh, when I was on my road trip and I was filling up gas, I picked the gas pump that like the little silver thing that lets it so you don't have to fucking stand there and hold it was not there <laughs> so i had to stand there and hold it i was like you've got to be fucking shitting me <laughs> like, this is so inconvenient and i looked pump 13 Ah, i was like checks out <laughs> makes sense because this sucks because one to you know kill two birds with one stone fill up the gas go get my snack come back Great. out gas is done hit the road yeah now i have to wait <laughs> and i was like so what happens if you hold it is it still going to unclick when what happened it did and unclicked. Oh. But still, like, some, like, fell out. Well, yeah. So.
1: Yeah. I went to one and I kept trying to click it and kept unclicking it. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> so I drove across the street to that gas station. Well, that one, you know how they have the little stickers that tell you, like, it hasn't been tampered with? Uh-huh. All of the stickers were broken. And I was like, hmm so I had to go to a different gas station.
0: It's insane the little things that like you don't realize how inconvenient it is. It was so inconvenient. I just needed to fill up my gas on the way home. I'm like, I don't want to fucking hold this. <laughs> right. We get so used to the conveniences of life. Well I'm like, all these people are looking at me like I'm stupid and that I like, could just eh, let me like, just hold that. I could just leave it. They probably think I'm from New Jersey and never had to fucking fill up my gas.
1: It's like New Jersey and Oregon, right?
0: I think Oregon, it's not a thing anymore.
1: Oh, okay. So I just think, New Jersey. I think they
0: recently got rid of it. That was the
1: weirdest thing. When I went to Atlantic City, we were coming back and we had to get gas. And so I pulled into the gas station and someone comes up to the car and I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, yeah, they fill it up for me. Because <laughs> you just see someone approaching your car and you're like, oh, why are you here? <laughs> so Dawn, who went on Friday the 13th. Correct. Her and her group saw glowing green eyes, floating orbs. And they heard the name Mary being called repeatedly. The cameras also wouldn't take pictures unless someone was physically in the frame of the camera. Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: So there you have it. Dudley Town and all of the creepy, cursed hauntings of Dudley Town.
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
1: Not a place I would go. Well, we can't go anyways. It's forbidden.
0: There's something about shit being abandoned that you're immediately just like, mm.
1: We are immediately. Mm. <laughs> Other people, okay, this is how much I did the comments on this one thing about Dudley Town on damnct.com. 170 of them. Jesus. I read them all. Of course you did. But some of them were like, I want to go to Dudley Town.
0: Yeah. And then some like, being small. like,
1: send me your stories to this email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot of people were like, I want to go so badly. This place sounds so fascinating. And then there are other people like, I've never been and I don't live here, but I think it's awful how people are doing it. It's like, Your opinions mean nothing because you don't live there.
0: Yes, but to them. Keyboard warriors. They feel like they are more important than they really are. Keyboard warriors. I like that.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so that's Dudley Town. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. It was very fun to read about. Yeah.
0: That sounds fun. Yeah. All the curses, It's got a good story to it.
1: It does have a good story to it, which is why so many people are like, oh, I should go. And then there's one person. They, like... I don't know what happened to them in their life, but they wanted you to avoid it with every fiber of their being that they commented multiple times, all caps, do not go here. This is the worst idea to go here. You will be cursed. Bad things will happen. You could die. Like all of this stuff, like over and over and over about how bad this place was. And I was like, what happened to you? Comments were turned off.
0: (laughs) I couldn't ask. There are some things like that with people commenting and their experiences and whatnot, and I always take it with a grain of salt. Oh, I do too. Because I'm like, this is either complete bullshit
1: or scary true. One guy was getting into a fight with some other people because he posted this whole story about his stuff. And people are like, that doesn't really make sense because what you described isn't the actual area. And there's no cop who would do that. And this, this, and this. And he's like, well, you can actually look at these coordinates. And someone's like, those coordinates don't even put you in the state. And he's like, you obviously aren't using the coordinates correctly. Maybe learn how to do them. Like,
0: I was on his team. I was like, I believe you. Yeah, like when you come back with sound mind and logic. Right. Sure. But then there's just some people that I'm like, that don't make no sense. No. Well, thank you for listening back on our states. Yeah. And technically, by the time this comes out, it is the best season of the whole year. It is literally
1: one day after spooky season. It is
0: Kenzie season.
1: It is Kenzie season. We'll give Kenzie that one. Yeah. See, but that's so unfair. You get to celebrate for 24 days. Mm-hmm. I get to celebrate for two of my birthday month.
0: Well, that's because that's your choice. I'll just keep going. That was my choice. No, people no. don't like to celebrate after my birthday. That's why you force them. You think people like celebrating my birthday for 24 days? But it makes sense leading up to it. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Like, I celebrate Halloween up to
1: it. I, w- I still well, keep my Halloween. I still keep him up. That doesn't count very well. But, yeah. Okay, Christmas. People keep their Christmas trees up afterwards. And people are like, why do you still
0: have your Christmas tree up?
1: And you're like, because it's still up.
0: So I some think people- you still have, like, a leeway of, like, a few weeks. Okay,
1: with those. Not so much for birthdays. People are like, it's your birthday. You're done. Like, Unless...
0: You force it on them.
1: You have never forced us to celebrate your birthday after your birthday.
0: Yeah, I have all the time. When do you think my birthday parties were? Well, yeah, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm not making a very good point here. No. (laughs) Except your birthday party this year is on your birthday. Yeah, it will be this year. Yeah. There you go. Which is very convenient. It is. But that's also because it's the Friday after Thanksgiving and I know people are not working. I am. Well, Friday night.
1: Yeah. No, I'm not working that night. Yeah. I'm probably going to take that day off anyways. Right. Exactly. Because so. why we'll work it. Right. Wow. And also my cousins will be in town. So oh, we're going to be man. hanging out with them in the morning. Oh. So I'm, of course, taking the day off. Oh.
0: Mm. We're, still- <laughs> we're still recording.
1: <laughs> I he puts the microphone away, grabs the wine, just keeps going. <laughs> we we haven't concluded this yet <laughs> jesus so quick conclusion find us anywhere at a scary state podcast
0: email us at a scary state podcast at gmail.com here's the thing which i really want to emphasize because people will tell us their stories which is great we love hearing them but when we say to you you should email it to us we like really mean it right Unless, like, I'm just going to take your story and give it its own spin <laughs> and pretend that a listener wrote it. <laughs> like, if that's what we're going to do, I'm going to start writing them down and be like, well, this is from so-and-so and add my own embellishments because you didn't write to us. Yeah, so write to us. So write to us. Like, for real. Yeah. You can you can do both. We will sit through the story twice. And we'll send you stickers.
1: Yes. Oh, um, and for all of you who have sent us a story in the past, mm-hmm. who we did read on a listener episode, message me back. Say you sent it in. And I will send give us your, you know, we'll we'll message you so you can get something
0: nice in the mail. Incentive. Yes, exactly. Extrinsic motivation. You'll get a sticker if you, you tell got us so a spooky story. Stickers, we want to give them to you. Literally,
1: just breathe, <laughs> and we'll give you a fun sticker. <laughs> oh my god, that was such a good breath. Here's a sticker. Hi, <laughs> We were gonna pass them out at the concert, and then it rained. They got wet
0: and make it dry now.
1: You <laughs> dried them all over your house. That was my favorite thing I've ever seen.
0: I You don't realize how much 2,000 stickers are until you have to unroll one of the rolls. Oh,
1: 1,997, Mackenzie. see <laughs> you know that? No, I don't know how many. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> the legit no. number. We've given out actually quite a few.
0: Yeah, now we have less than 2,000, but I don't feel like figuring out that number, so I just keep saying we have 2,000 stickers.
1: Less than 2,000, that's something there.
0: I was asking a friend at the wedding, and I was like, oh, do you need stickers? No, I have, like, five. (laughs) Oh, okay, so you have some. Cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I gave mom, like, a lot, grandma, Jared, Summer. Yep. Everyone yep. has stickers. Everyone that walks in,
0: oh look at these stickers! You want some? Oh, people at work,
1: they're like, "Can I have a sticker?" I'm like, "I don't think you like. It's not a joke. Like, yes, you can.
0: You're not just gonna get one. I'm gonna give you. You're five. gonna get like
1: a whole roll. And
0: then it's like we're our own pyramid scheme. You yeah. get five, and then you have to go pass out those five.
1: <laughs> Actually,
0: <laughs> if we give you more than one sticker, you know what you have to do you, you now? Should. It's like when you get booed. Like you gotta go boo somebody else. Oh, I loved that. Give him
1: a it. St- once someone said, I'm going to boo you, and I thought it was mean, so I started crying, and I was like, don't boo me. And then I realized it was actually really fun. People drop candy off at your house. I hated it. Why?
0: Because the dogs would go nuts, and people would not look at your windows and see you've already been booed and try to boo you again. And I'm like, no. Wow, you're just kind of bragging about how popular you were.
1: Whatever. I just booed Jesse. Oh, that makes sense. Walk across the street, knock, knock. <laughs>
0: Very easy. Okay, now we can conclude it. Stay scary. And stay safe.